The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I got a mole removed, and I'll remove you too if your colors also change. <laughs> so gross. The real tortured poets department is just me every time I have to come up with one of these. <laughs> oh no, you guys, it's Andy's girls. Can I tell you? So my episode, whatever, I don't know. I ha- So I woke up at- essentially one day and I looked in the mirror and I said, huh, that has changed an awful lot seemingly overnight. Just mm. a little mole to my, to my, I'm just like touching where the bandaid is yeah. to the left of of where I am. And so I, and I was like, oh my God, it, it like really is a different size, color, everything else. And I Googled and then I was like, oh, okay. So like last rites, like just like, it's just like Googling literally anything is terrifying. Couldn't stop thinking about Teddy. And then I went emergency appointment with my derm like same day and she books out months in advance and they're like, come on in. And she looked at it and she's like, okay, um, I, it's not what you think it is. She's like, you thought you were dying. I was like, I did. She's like, you Googled. I was like, absolutely. I did. And so she said, X, Y, Z, she shaved it off. We don't think there's an issue. Hopefully knock on desk. Did, did she do like the freezing thing? Like shaved no, it off? No, she That's just, so, she injects. Like she, a Parmesan, like a cheese Like grater? a fucking cheese grater. No, like Sweeney Todd, like slices it off. Oh my, like, like with a mandolin. Yeah. But the worst part is that like she said she saw something. It's so stupid. It's actually maybe too gross for me to like. It, it's not even gross, but she's a, and I was just really upset she didn't videotape it because I was like from a from a aficionado, <laughs> Dr. Pat, mm. Dr. <clears throat> call her Dr. Pat. You're like, this Dr. better not Pimple. be going on TikTok. <laughs> I was like, if it is and you don't tag me, I'm going to be really upset. So I was I was a sort of in a weird sociopathic way, unhappy that I didn't get to see it while it was happening. Mm. But she just slices it. So there's one on my nose that she sliced and diced and one on my neck that she sliced and diced. So I have a little bandage. Don't don't pity me. Don't join the Patreon, you know, out of pity. Do it out of absolute glee. But it was a weird and we did talk about Teddy. We talked about Teddy. And I think Vicky came up too. I don't remember how, but no. she, my Durham knows who Teddy. Okay, uh, I was, is. I was gonna say, does she watch these shows, or are you just like mid mole removal, being like, so there's this lady. We do sometimes talk about housewives. She is like proficient. I don't know how much of a real viewer she is, mm. but I did talk about the Teddy melanoma of it all because genuinely, like when you go through something like that, I, I haven't been through it. Um, <laughs> not gonna table again, but I, and I really don't anticipate that I will, but um. Knock on table once more. I don't know if I've ever seen you with the sunburn. No, I don't do. Why would I? Do, first off, I melt. My insides are curdle. My neurosystem is like you're yeah. you're going down That's with the fair. ship. Yeah. But also, why would I do that? I I have very pale skin. I've always been perfectly happy to have pale. I don't want. I don't want the, you know, burn of it all, I guess, is not, that's not really my salt burn journey. That's not really what I want to have happen. Um, But we were talking, I mean, like the tiny thing she did, she has informed people Mm. in a bad way when it comes to all in, but in a helpful way when it comes to like checking your moles for melanoma and whatnot. 
Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, it's very um the the Veep storyline when Jonah Ryan becomes like a, a <laughs> testicle. <laughs> what was check them? Don't was neglect them. <laughs> and uh, I mean, our fu- almost future president. Maybe yeah. future. We'll oh. probably get a version of him <laughs> one day soon. Um, listen, it's Annie's girl. So excited to have a return guest in the pod. You know him as director of social for entertainment at Betches Media, host of the podcast Mention It All, and creator of Bravo by Betches. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Dylan Hafer, also known as Sweet Baby Dill. SBBG, how oh. are we? We're well. <laughs> I do also want to acknowledge that I did also mention all in so while there was a a moment of we were saying nice things about her i did also say and she started this horrifyingly yeah unsafe and dangerous business that's acts as an eating disorder factory is she still doing that yes she is i feel like nothing has changed i guess we actually like i even from my bravo account i don't follow her anymore so like i don't really she blocked a lot of us during the carrot era doesn't really come across my uh Mm. my timeline too much but i feel like now she's she's such a a podcast queen i don't know how she has time to tell people not to eat so okay i guess this happened in the last week or two or something they announced they're doing like 18 other shows the eds have a show yeah emily simpson has a show i think teddy has her own show teddy and emily have a show together oh okay and then tamra has another new one tamra has a traders podcast right now um, and then they have the Jersey Jays, Jackie and Jen Fessler. That's a, a two T spinoff. And then uh, Mary Saul and Alexia's podcast, I Por Favor, is also on their little wow. iHeart imprint. So they're, yeah, they like, I think they had, not all of the shows are brand new, but they sort of like just recently posted that they now have like two T's. Like they kind of just grouped them together for the first time in one place. And and the the Emily Simpson one is new and confusing. Why is the Emily what are what are they going to talk about on on the Emily Teddy pod that they're not already talking about I on think, their pod? I think I saw an Instagram comment where Teddy said it's like not going to be Housewives recaps, but I'm pretty sure their first episode was a Vanderpump Rules premiere recap. So I'm like, okay, like tomato tomato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. I I mean, I assume they've only had one or two episodes. I don't know what the like typical content on that show is going to be i mean uh, i wouldn't know what the typical content on two t's in a pod is unless people were like fucking tagging me in it so i did i have listened to a couple episodes of two t's in a pod but that's i mean a couple is probably a max when it comes to listening in full i did tune in to listen to teddy's response when kyle and mauricio both uh, I mean, when they announced that they were separating and her response was like, I can't talk about it because it's too <clears> close. <throat> so I'm going to, you know, pivot to Tamara discussing it. And I just kind of thought to myself, isn't the point of your I mean, I get too close, but isn't that sort of the point of this? And also your harshest critique against other housewives is they don't talk about this stuff well, on Kyle's a public ba- platform. Kyle's barely willing to talk about it on the show that she's already talking about it on. So I don't know. Just... OK, can we have this conversation? Let's. Can we have this conversation? So <laughs> the might... mic is on. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I fucked up some stuff before we started recording. Dylan got to see me like noodle around with equipment. Like, I don't know if this is right. Maybe people will hear this. Maybe they won't. Anything's possible. Okay, so Kyle has been doing a fair amount of press 
of late where she has talked about how disappointing Dorit has been for her as a friend during the season by raising Mauricio stuff and talking about it in a way that made Kyle feel uncomfortable. And also that she says that Dorit's encapsulation of their friendship of like, you're one of my best friends and now you replace me with this new person who's come into your life, that that's unfair and sort of a a level of manipulation because they weren't ever that close. Mm -hmm. What's your response to all of this? Well, I've been... I, I've been feeling this season, like with the Dorit and Kyle friendship, I have kind of felt that thing of like, even if they're less close than they used to be, do we really care? Is this like a travesty? If like, is Dorit and Kyle's friendship some housewives institution that I'm supposed to be like, upset at the potential loss of because I don't I just don't really feel it like they're they're seen at the end of this week's episode I was like okay yeah these women are like friends like they're you know they've been in each other's lives for a while obviously like in the context of the show they're probably kind of the closest that each other has but I'm like I don't feel this like heartstring where I'm like wow Dorit must really be hurting because her friend Kyle doesn't need her as much as she used to. I'm like, okay, you're like 50 year old women living your own journeys in life, like whatever. But I think with the Mauricio thing, I do, I do feel like there's been this weird kind of like one step forward, two steps back this season Mm -hmm. where it's like at, even at the very beginning of the season, Kyle was already talking about how it's been this tough time for her and Mauricio. You know, they've been going through a lot this, this year and have felt this big disconnect And then she seemed so reluctant to kind of like continue talking about it. And now that we're in like 15 episodes into the season, the fact that they have this whole big ceremony in Spain where they're supposed to be like, you know, talking about all the stuff that they're going through and she like purposefully chose not to share it with the group. And then even, you know, it just it feels like we're at the point where it's like, it obviously wasn't trending in the direction of you and Mauricio like patching things up and and being like perfect again. So it's kind of I don't know. I just feel like we're getting a lot of like breadcrumbs and I I wish we could just sort of like talk about it a little bit more. But Kyle, I mean, whatever. Obviously, I know it's like a, a fraught situation when you're like debating whether or not your marriage of 27 years is going to survive, but I I don't know. I'm like I feel like we we're kind of in the same place now that we were at the beginning of the season in terms of like what's going on with Kyle and Mauricio. And I'm, I'm like ready for the like bombshell to drop, I guess at the end of the season. So Candy just announced that she's not returning or is taking her own pause from Atlanta. Mm. What do you think Kyle's future on the show is? What do you think she wants it to be? I think that Kyle is at a point in her life where it seems like, or at least it seems like she wants to value her, like protecting her peace maybe more than she did in the past. Obviously, she's been through, you know, a real roller coaster with her sisters and she seems to be like more invested than ever maybe in kind of protecting that relationship. Like, you know, now that she and Kathy are back on speaking terms, I'm like still puzzled by why Kathy was at the reunion, but whatever. Mm. Um, But and then, you know, in terms of what's happening with her marriage, she's talked about wanting to leave L.A. at some point and, like, spend more time in Aspen or, you know, just kind of, like, n- not L.A. I don't think 
it's really hard for me to imagine, though, Kyle, like, choosing to walk away from Housewives. And maybe that's just because she never has up until now. Like, maybe it's one of those things where until it happens, it will feel like something that is hard to imagine happening. But, like, I don't know. With with Candy, it just feels like she has so much other stuff going on. And I don't say that in comparison to Kyle to be like, Kyle's a, a nobody with, with nothing else to look forward to. But I think with Candy and the fact that they spent so long waiting for to figure out what to do with Atlanta, it makes sense to me that she is not somebody that's going to sit at home for uh, you know, eight, nine, ten months plus, and just kind of be like, well, you know, whenever they say they're ready to start filming, like I'll, you know, put everything on pause and be and be ready to jump back in. Whereas, you know, with Beverly Hills, Kyle has never really been in that position. Like they, mm. there's been kind of like a more consistent timeline. But I just like, I don't necessarily believe that she is at the point yet where she would just fully make the choice on her own to walk away. Yeah, that's a really solid point. I feel like with Candy, it's like genuine scheduling of like, I'm going to sign this commitment to do this thing. I'm not going to wait anymore. And with Kyle, I think it's like this sort of like spiritual kind of you're at a crossroads of do I want to continue doing this thing? Is this the thing that I need to do to fulfill me? And mm-hmm. or and maybe <clears throat> just like is the benefit of doing this outweighed by the downside by a lot of people talking negatively about my marriage, who I am, whatever else. I mean, I think that's probably a struggle for a lot of long-term housewives. I'm sure Lisa quitting was not, uh, obviously LVP, was not, you know, an easy decision for her. I think she reached the point where she was like, I can't move forward. I I can't Mm -hmm. and don't want to move forward with these people. And I wonder if Kyle will ever reach that point. Yeah, I think it's with Candy and also with, I think Lisa Vanderpump is an interesting comparison because Lisa, when she left at that point, Vanderpump Rules was already a a major thing that she has happening every year. Uh, You know, her, she has her own, or at least, you know, restaurant and hospitality business that she's, you know, pretty involved with. Mm -hmm. With Kyle, it's like, I think she has... She has other stuff that she can do, but she doesn't have like a business that is her thing that she does all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if she wants to go after more acting work, if she wants to get into something else, she could choose to do that. But also I could see a future where, you know, this year or in a year or two, Kyle kind of just like retreats from public life a little bit like if she wants to go live in Aspen and maybe go to Nashville and see Morgan perform and do whatever I'm like maybe you just don't really want to do the the like the hustle and the game kind of at all like I think Kyle's Kyle's demeanor when she talks about it which of course this is when she's doing press so maybe this is like a false (laughs) <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we wouldn't be talking about this probably if she wasn't doing press. So it's a little bit LOL to be like, maybe she doesn't want to be in public. But like, I think that it doesn't feel like, oh, Housewives is so crazy. I want to go like my own route. It feels like, oh, I want to kind of like do n- not do any of this anymore. Yeah. But then I also think that she likes it in different ways. So and if she and Mauricio get divorced... She's talking about how she has no clue what she's signing. What the fuck was that? You know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, as I, I do think there's a chance that Kyle is kind of like 
being a little bit unserious in that sense that she's being a little bit sarcastic and like flippant intentionally yeah flippant. like intentionally flippant that she's like oh, i sign whatever but like i also call the lawyer and whatever but i i i mean i don't think kyle is like obviously she makes plenty of money doing housewives and whatever else she wants to do but like she's not like a a billionaire on her own so if she wants if they end up splitting up and she loses access to some amount of capital then maybe being on housewives is still really appealing well the interesting thing i think a lot of people thought this at some point myself included of like you know the people separate in different ways and divorce especially if you're a high net worth couple is not inevitable especially if the process of like splitting assets it becomes mm-hmm. and properties and everything else becomes so tenuous or maybe puts one person's like buyout or or business dealings at risk. There are high net worth couples who split and like sort of divorce in name only. They don't go through the process of the legalities. They just decide to live separate lives, which I honestly could could see, could have seen with Kyle and Mo. And then Kyle went on Jeff Lewis Live recently and Jeff asked her that. He was like, essentially, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of couples who do this thing where they stay separate. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. If I know that I'm no longer going to be with someone, I want to divorce. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to move on, which I was honestly really surprised by. Um, And it does make a person wonder about what we're moving toward here, because at every possible turn, she might not be telling the cast, but she's telling us that Mauricio is not able to give her what she needs and he is unwilling to do the work. And both of those are important points, like his potential inability, but let's not remove the active choice of Mm -hmm. him not supporting his wife. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Right. And on I think it was on this week's episode that she kind of put it probably the most plainly that we've heard her say, where she's like, if there isn't an effort made, then it will, our marriage will not continue. And I, it, it's also interesting because I, I haven't been, you know, keeping up necessarily with all the press she's been doing lately. But I remember in the fall, like it happened at BravoCon and maybe a couple other places where she would kind of like interchangeably use the term separated and divorce and then sort of like correct herself and be like everybody thinks I'm getting divorced but like I I don't know I just like said it and it's like that would make me think more that she was sort of viewing separation as like sort of the same thing as divorce and like we're just not going to actually do the paperwork but it's interesting to hear her I guess like clarify that those two things are not sort of interchangeable in their situation and that there is a a a question mark of whether the separation could turn into a divorce because i don't i don't know i mean it's it's interesting because yeah this season we have not we've seen a few scenes of them together kind of like at odds Mm -hmm. but we haven't seen a lot of them like quote unquote like working on their relationship it looks like maybe next week there's going to be a scene like that where they're talking about therapy or something like that but i i don't know it 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 has felt for most of this season like they're kind of stagnant and i think that's partially why the the storyline has felt a little bit stagnant to me is because it's like okay so if you're just not communicating but you're also not putting that much effort into communicating better, but you're also not making the decision to just like end things like, I don't know. Okay. But then there's kind of like not enough happening on the rest of the cast to like 
take the attention away from it. So, Well, I think the difficulty when a marriage is sort of unraveling on TV, especially within the Housewives universe, is like the stakes are obviously huge. Like that's a big fucking deal. That mm-hmm. is a, a fracture that has a ripple effect, especially if you have kids. But in many ways, regardless of you have kids, like it's just it. this person who I literally <laughs> made a legal contract with, but also took a solemn vow that we would be together forever. I mean, that is uh, the death of uh, your idea of what your future would be and potentially even your present. Like there's a lot there. But if we're not, if we're still at the point where we're like, sort of talking around this. I do think Kyle's giving us a window, but it doesn't, it feels like the stakes here are how to deal with the aftermath versus like, are they going to get divorced? Yeah. It just kind of, it affects the storytelling a little bit, which isn't me suggesting that like Kyle should be like hysterically crying, It, but it is also to acknowledge the reality here is that there is to me a sense of the inevitable, which is so fucking weird because if you uh, when their rumors first started about them i didn't believe anything then we started to kind of get more and more and i started to feel uncomfortable with it because it just felt like a lot of noise yeah plus the morgan of it all and now i'm like and i can't believe i'm even saying this because they felt like an institution but now i'm like i i can't see them back together i don't know that they should be i don't know there what was... kyle would be sacrificing in order for that to happen i don't want her to yeah when you talk about that sense of inevitability there was a scene maybe like halfway through the season it was before they went to spain where kyle was talking to kim about i think one of kim's kids was getting married and they were talking about kyle going to the wedding and kim was like well i assume you're not bringing Mauricio to the wedding. And I was like, you do? Like, because at this point, it's like, okay, they're not technically separated as far as we've been told at the time of filming. And so it's like, okay, so clearly you've had some conversations with Kim where she just knows that that you're, you know, at a certain point of disconnect, let's say, that you don't, think that she would realistically be bringing her husband to this like family event. And that was, that was like notable to me and like not examined at all on the show. I think it's tough because most of the women on the show haven't really been clued in to what's, you know, going on with them. So I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's tough. Like what you're saying where it feels like there's this inevitability and it's kind of just this like understood thing in Kyle's world, but then the rest of the cast is, hasn't been given any information or like, you know, there's been maybe some like little allusions to that. It's been a tough year or something like that, but, but that it's like, uh, okay. Like if we, if we can't talk about this in the group, then there's only so much kind of, I don't know. It, uh, Yeah. Well, the thing I remember from that scene is, is Kim saying that statement, posing the question, which was pretty loaded and Kyle pivoting strategically immediately to the whole, oh, you're talking about how I will do if Kathy is there, that she really Mm. avoided the heart of the matter. And she, I think, completely understood what Kim was saying, but just, you know, navigated around it to suggest that she was really speaking about Kyle's relationship with her other sister and not Kyle's relationship with her husband. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked seeing Kim this season, though. I I thought that Kim's couple episodes where she was around were really nice and really kind of like the 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 best I've felt about Kim yep. being being here in a long time so it was you know take the good with the bad I guess <laughs> yeah and I just it the 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 Dorit of it all and Kyle of it all and Kyle 
walking this line of like these people aren't being respectful about uh how my what what's happening with my marriage they need to be better friends is just God, it's like I love Kyle, but I just think it's so disingenuous. You know the show that you're on. I I understand. I understand she has the right to feel hurt, but it's like you've you've said and done so much worse with other cast members. And to put so much of this on Garcelle and Sutton, maybe I'm just exhausted because of everything that they went through when Tom Girardi, mm. you know, we found out was a monster. So at a certain point, I'm like, okay, how much of this is their responsibility? And at what point are we going to really see the frustration that you have toward these women redirected about Mauricio? Well, and also, I think it's a little unfair because Obviously, you know, they have their own interactions with each other, but then there's a whole production crew that we yeah, don't see doing on the show. And so I am 100% sure that whoever Kyle's field producer is and whoever the story producers are, are talking to the rest of production and being like, okay, so this is what Kyle said. So that's what she's going through. Uh, so then she's meeting with Sutton. So then maybe Sutton, whoever's producing Sutton should like be like, Hey, like, um, you should talk to Kyle about like what's going on in her life. And like, that's how this, that's how these shows work. Like there are, there's a lot of behind the scenes production conversation happening. There are suggestions being made. There are like, you know, some are maybe lighter suggestions. Some are like, Hey, you need to talk mm-hmm. about this. And so I think it's a little bit also weird to be like, I mean, at that, at the weed dinner, it's like maybe Sutton wasn't like the most, um, you know, tactful she could have been with how she brought stuff up. But also it's like, it's a little silly to know that you're talking on camera about something and assume that the other women aren't going to at least get some like vague suggestions that maybe they should ask you about that thing, even if you haven't told them. Yeah. Kyle always gives herself the benefit of the doubt. But when is that ever really given toward Sutton or Garcelle? I just don't, I just don't see it in a way that is you know, it's a pattern. And it's just a little frustrating. Because as you said, Kyle understands how the show is made, she helped make the show. So it's like, we're gonna poke holes in this universe when you want us to feel a certain way about LVP. But when you want us to feel a certain way about Sutton and Garcelle, those holes are patched up real quick, where this is just a docu-series, where we're watching a couple friends go to lunch. Like there's more happening here in your reactions in the ways that you communicate with each other that are elevated. And a part of that elevated realness is getting to the heart of the matter. And, you know, if if Kyle isn't going to introduce it, that's all well and good. I understand it. But the the sort of like demonizing other people on the cast for doing their job, Mm -hmm. I I understand what Kyle isn't going to like it. But to suggest that they're doing something untoward is annoying to me. Right. Like they're not they're not bringing up some really scandalous thing that happened that obviously isn't supposed to be discussed on camera. They're not bringing up like something about somebody's kids or a, a, a financial thing or, you know, on on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, every damn season, there's like, I have your, you know, IRS records and shit like <laughs> Kyle wouldn't last a day. They, they, Kyle wouldn't last an hour. Are you kidding? <laughs> Neither would I, by the way. Somebody would be like, go pay your taxes. And she'd be like, oh, dare you. <laughs> yeah, they really kind of fuck shit up. I mean, <laughs> for real. And then on New Jersey, where people are like throwing platters yeah. of food at each other and whatnot. You know, there's different ways of fighting. Can I ask you, though, sticking Please. with Beverly Hills. So we just wrapped up this Barcelona trip. Oh, love. I want to go back. 
to Barcelona and also the episode. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I, I, I'm not like totally out on this season of Beverly Hills. Whoa. Have, no, no, no. I have mixed feelings. Sharp words. I have mixed feelings. Sir. But I felt like this trip was like so forgettable. <gasps> not what I thought you were going to say. Like we returned in the middle of an episode. We're just, we come, we go to a commercial break and then we're just like jolted back to California. I always hate, I, I talked about this on my show this week. I hate it when the trips end halfway through an episode. I'm like, no, the, oh, I get I'm like, that. I I'm get like that. the trip should be its own capsule collection. We should be in Europe for three to four weeks. And then we should, you know, return next week. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. That makes sense to me. But I just feel like this trip, it like, it, first of all, I don't, and I haven't even been to Barcelona. Oh, but, it's fabulous. But knowing what I know about Barcelona mm -hmm. and hearing people talk about Barcelona, I don't think this trip did Barcelona justice. I couldn't believe they didn't go to oh, I'm gonna Sagrada Familia. Yes. They, which, oh, I felt phenom like, phenom and I went into the like little place where you had to like have stuff clothed and whatever for people print. It's fabulous. Like they were staying at this Airbnb, which I don't know if that was product placement, but they literally were like Airbnb in this place. And then I mean, it was I thought that was great. It, it was great. Yeah. But then it was like they had like half a day. They went to some some church that's not the Sagrada Familia, mm -hmm. some other church. They went to like a beach. They went to their like flamenco dinner. They walked by knickknacks. They, they didn't get to shop. No, All Garcel and shopping. Kyle wanted to do was shop. But it just it felt like. It kind of felt like going through the motions in a way, but then also the Sutton like Merce arc hmm. just felt like it took up so much oxygen on the trip for me. And I it's not that I don't think it was interesting at all, because I think I I I like seeing Sutton open up more about kind of like stringing together these events in her life, I think is really it, it gives us a lot of context for kind of who she is as a person and what she's been through and kind of how she got to where she is. Cause she certainly is a, an, an, an interesting concoction of, of traits. But I think like in terms of these last few episodes, it just felt like there wasn't much going on to me. Okay. I, and we left yeah. the trip with like, even less going on, I felt like. Because it's like, okay, Crystal and Anna Marie kind of are fine now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also Erica is like a little bit peeved at people not loving that she kept the earrings. But then like, she doesn't seem like she's going to make it a big thing. And it's just like, okay, like, are, is there anything? Are, are there any storylines to follow here? What's wh Where's the drama? You don't think that Erica is making a big deal of the fact that people aren't apologizing to her? I think that's she's staying on that train. She's riding it. I think she's riding it in like a... It's at like a low hum. But yeah. I don't think that she's like... She's not like coming in with the tornado because people... It just... I, I don't... Nothing kind of escalated. Yeah, I think she's thinking about Aspen an awful lot, which he also mentioned of like, don't, you know, I don't want to remember what I did last season. Right. But that's, I think all of Garcelle's confessionals just kind of answer any feedback that I would have, which is we're putting all of this on how dare these women suspect Tom versus how dare these women prioritize compassion for the victims. 
you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think Erica gets it. And I, I genuinely don't know that she ever will. Like if she says it out loud in one sentence in like a very sort of not deadpan, but emotionless manner, I don't know that I would believe her. Like, I don't know that she really truly understands that her upset at the women. Sure, it could be about additional pressure they did, but also in the in the you know much different stakes than the Kyle of it all these women are also doing their jobs there's this thing that's happening that's getting national attention this man was a huge celebrity who also used his celebrity on the show to further uh engage in criminal acts because he was positioned as this like god amongst men bad shit happened these women are going to discuss it if you're on the cover of LA Times and they're doing deep dive exposés into all of this including whether or not you knew and your part in this and the part that your celebrity paid in played in this and the amount of money that was spent every year and the way that you talked about money and were like fetishizing being rich in a certain way the women are in the show we're going to talk about it would be ludicrous it would be if like sandoval fucked rachel and then the next day you know sheena's like what are we having for lunch like it just it wouldn't it would be negligent it would be it would be negligent and i think the girardis know a little bit something about that so <laughs> when erica is holding on to this like it's not that i don't understand what she's saying i just simply don't agree with a lot of it yeah. and i'm help i'm helped in those moments by having these confessionals that support an inconsistency because i just don't know that erica has capacity to understand that when the women are talking about the victims they're not doing anything wrong but also you can acknowledge as i think garcelle did as well like the fact that there was an impact and she felt like she wasn't being supported i think the women can acknowledge that but i also don't know whether or not Erica deserves an apology. She wants them to say, I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm like, when have you ever asked that of Tom? Oh, yeah. I don't think she deserves an apology. She She's riding that train. It's like, yeah. it might be at a low hump. She's not screaming, I don't give a fuck about anyone but me, but you can see she's laser focused on it. And I don't begrudge her for that. I just strongly disagree. And I don't think the women, I think if the women apologize to her for a certain extent, it's like, I need more specifics on exactly, they might be apologizing for her feeling bad. Yeah. But when we talk about ownership, we can't skip to the women being responsible when we haven't really engaged with Tom. Yeah, I don't, you know, when I when I said that, it's like, I don't think that that's something that should be happening necessarily. Yeah. It's more like I'm looking around the room and yeah. I'm like, what, what's going on? What could be a spark here? And it doesn't I'm glad really, it's not this. It doesn't really feel like the women are engaging in the fire making. Well, <laughs> well, I think also a part of it is that the trip did not the trip was not long enough. So it's mm. like, of course, we're going to focus on Mercer in a purse because there's not. And also, can we just sidebar and talk about Erica knowing like everything about everything? I love that. Because I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite composer, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to Egypt. <laughs> the only thing she truly fucked up was Brooklyn, which I don't think she understands is a fuck up. But all that being said, you know, she's like, ah, yes, I've heard. She's like, she's like, I've heard Beirut is like the Los Angeles of the Middle East. I mean, it's like not working out. But the other aspects of it was there too much focus potentially on Merce and that kind of dialogue. If the if the show if the trip is three days long or something, yeah, an awful lot of this is going to be on that. It needs to be a longer trip. We need these women to settle and have more time with each other, I think, 24-7. But also, 
I say that noting, I found all of the MERS stuff really meaningful. I yeah. really did. And it just makes me sad because there's a lot of connection during those moments between Sutton and Kyle. And to know that they're at the point that they are now, it's just sad to see them being able to seemingly support each other mm-hmm. here and not later when I think the stakes are a lot smaller or maybe because they're focused on Kyle, there's no way to win. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. 
Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Yeah, it's it. Kyle and Sutton have an interesting dynamic. It feels like they very like selectively choose to like love and care about each other. That they'll have these these glimmers of moments where you know with with Sutton's experience with her father and Kyle's friend Lorene, like they they really seem to value their shared connection with that, and that it, it seems genuinely meaningful to both of them to be able to have that connection. Yeah. But then it's like the second it's about, you know, Mauricio and how Kyle got a new piece of jewelry. It's like, it's almost like they like flip a switch and just kind of like, don't quite see eye to eye. Yeah. But I think with the, um, with that ceremony that they did with, you know, Sutton with the ashes and the other women kind of taking turns, Mm -hmm. releasing things. It was like, Sutton, we had so much build up to Sutton's like release at that ceremony. And I thought that it really was emotional. And the like I said, the way that she tied together her friend Merce and her father and finally sort of letting go of, of her divorce. What happened with her marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean the death of her marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, like well. I, I thought all of that was it was like kind of poignant. And it I, was, but not kind of. I thought it was. Yeah. And like uh, as much as it was like LOL Merce is in the Ziploc, like I thought they kind of like brought it home in a way that yeah, was. that was one. Yeah. <laughs> that worked. Yeah. But then it's tough because for the rest of the ceremony, it's like, like, you know, I mentioned that Kyle, you know, she had some nice things to say, but then she also specifically didn't want to share about what was going on with can't wait sorry not to cut you off but like i disagree with what you said earlier about the fact that she was pivoting away from mauricio i don't think that ceremony had anything to do with mauricio i think if she had mentioned her her potential relationships up stuff with mauricio it wouldn't have felt natural because she's talking about lorene like i think yeah i suppose I think that takes up more than enough space yeah i guess in the context of that ceremony you're right but i think it's more like in the sense that she's been spending how much time with these women and still is like choosing not to share that I understand what she's going through in her day to day life. Yeah. So you're right. But then it's like, then we have crystal talking about the situation with her brother, which we've, we've heard about. I have mixed feelings of like how much I, you know, whatever it's, it's a thing. for her. What do you mean? Not buy it, but like how much I care. But then Anna Marie gets up there and she's like, 
I know that I come off really strong and like I really have my shit together. Um, but you know, there's a lot that I'm still working on. And I'm gonna put that in the water. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but also she hasn't Thank been you. around these. Thank women. you so much for sharing. But the thing is, like, and I know, like, I know that she has said that she, like, filmed a bunch more stuff that they haven't shown, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. When it comes down to what is being presented on the screen, it's like, all I know about you is that you are obsessed with Sutton's esophagus. Yeah. And that you m- maybe, m- maybe implied that you were a doctor when you weren't. And that you're an 8.5. <laughs> that you're a, an 8.5 across the board. And so it's like, it's. It's tough because I, I, I just feel like I still just don't understand why they felt like they needed to bring a housewife on halfway through the season. And I don't think that there's been anything that really has has made it seem like a good choice. And I just I don't know. I'm like, look, I'm like looking for excitement somewhere mm-hmm. and I'm just not quite finding it. I don't know. It's just I mean, she is a flop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like she's still, you know, the dinner I thought was I was like, all right, here's some other shit that we can talk about. Like I was into that. The way she the way she like brought back up what Erica said, but like completely phrased it in a different way. I was like, thank God Erica like picked up on it because because she's like, no, the thing that you were saying about the thing, the the thing the other day. I'm like, Anna Marie. We got we got to carry the bone here, (laughs) (laughs) because that actually that's like an effective way in sometimes when you're like. Wait, so I wasn't around when this was happening. Can you talk about that again? Like, Yeah, the bone collecting on Beverly Hills versus the charade of it all. Bone collecting on Beverly Hills is sort of tag team. You know, it's a it's a relay. Yeah, it's no a- one really ever carries it for very long. They toss it to somebody else. And maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's it can be effective sometimes. But also sometimes it's a sign that nobody kind of just like has the nerve to really bring it home. I, I think... It's tough because I don't want to hold Housewives shows to a standard where it's like every group dinner should be screaming mm. and every uh, trip should be a nightmare, chaos, unraveling fight. But it just feels like we're coming back from this trip. And I'm like, I know that there's going to be Kyle and Mauricio stuff at the end of the season. I know that Erica's in Vegas rehearsal mode and good for her. But like, what else? Well, I mean, the trailer. What for else next, is going on? The trailer for next week, I was extremely into. Like, Erica's in her best, like, wife of a lawyer, you know, sort of Chanel Ensemble. And they're talking about her feelings. And they're talking about, I think, a lot of the Tom aftermath. That, to me, I'm mm. really fully, I am completely fed with Beverly Hills this season. I really. I'm happy talked for you. About, I know, cause I, but I also feel bad because I feel like I'm kind of in the minority on that. But I just find it interesting. I find... And some of it I find infuriating, but mm. but from a content creator perspective, and honestly, more importantly, a viewer perspective, like I I feel like I am watching something that is interesting to discuss. Like I I'm I don't know that I've ever had a, this season a single episode of Beverly Hills where I'm like eh, it was a nothing burger, and maybe. I've done and said that AGs would honestly have a better memory than I would. No, truly, because I You're once like, I'm done, you were I'm complaining like, about it all week, <laughs> <laughs> and that's entirely possible. And Lord knows, I have dragged Anna yeah. Marie to like hell and back, and deservedly so. Um, one could argue, and I'm that person arguing it. I, I just, I am, I'm fine with it. I do understand the like 
should the trip end mid episode? I, I mean, get that's that. A, I, that's like a personal right, foible. I mean, but. it's like that's that is a. It's I understand that feedback, but I also think like more time should have been invested in the trip. Maybe it was a scheduling scheduling issue, but that's not really on us to take, and yet we have to deal with it. But I also thought I thought that ceremony was really meaningful. I thought what yeah. Garcelle said was really meaningful. I like that these women were getting along. I like that Erica being a drunk mess wasn't actually a mess. It didn't go to a dark place that we've seen on New York and other franchises. It was still like an interesting it it, it the the end result was different than what some of us might have anticipated. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I do feel like this group, it feels like this is this kind of just occurred to me, but I feel like between Erica, Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton, mm-hmm. I feel like that foursome actually feels like kind of a a good little group. It, it is. Whereas, where like if they wanted to do a little bit of like a reshuffle, reshuffle for next season, like I think you could you could get a lot of mileage out of starting with those four and f- adding a few people in, maybe a couple faces we've seen before maybe a couple new people but like i've definitely seen some chatter of people being like have we seen enough of dorit i don't feel super strongly in one direction or the other kind of kind of same with kyle i'm like if she wants to leave i'm i'm okay with it i don't think she like needs to get fired whatever but like i don't know yeah i think there is there is a sense that this group feels like maybe a little more gelled than they have some seasons in the past where it's like a little bit like we cast a famous person and then we have mm-hmm. Lisa Rinna and that's like, I don't know. And the nice thing about that foursome, and this is going to sound so much worse than how I mean it, is that like Sun's always going to find someone that dislikes her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's always yeah, going to be someone who joined the group that might find her that might because she can be a lot. You know, and she's she, going to say something that comes off the right. wrong way. She's going to put her foot in her mouth. Right. She's going to freak out about Magic Mike and not, you know, not mm-hmm. being asked to dance or whatever the situation she was. She wore pants, Sarah. I know she wore pants. <laughs> and she brought up all $200 in ones or whatever. I mean, she was fully prepared. Um, but I, I feel like that's helpful. Like yeah. we're always going to get some friction because like Sutton inspires it. And God bless. Yeah, it's good. I think it's it's almost always good on a on a cast of a sh- of an ensemble show like this to have someone who's like a little bit weird. And I think yeah. that Sutton is. I mean, obviously she is like you know rich and can hang with these ladies, but like in that kind of way that you were just talking about, it's like she's a little she has a little rough edge, and I think that that is helpful. Yeah, and I think when she Gar- has something to get snagged on, right? And I think that like. Often Kyle and Dorit fall into this thing of just kind of focusing on that and making fun of her for it versus being a little bit more tongue in cheek. Like when mm-hmm. they make a joke about Sun, it's it feels like the joke is always on Sutton. You know what I'm saying? Versus yeah. like some sort of friendly collegial kind of like we can joke with each other, but there's love there. There's always something underneath when they're talking about something that makes it feel kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. But I do also appreciate when I'm watching a show and I feel like the cast is watching the same show that I am, which not to pivot entirely, but I mean, Lisa uh, that's the name I thought you were gonna say I mean the tail end of the episode but also the beginning and middle and also last episode I'm just watching her mm-hmm. and I just think like you're you're just you're just a spoiled brat and at the end of the episode 
when I think that she's finally getting it because she's giving me active listener eyes when Kiki is talking and saying, you're not the only one who goes through challenges. Like I'm going through some real shit and maybe there's a reason you haven't heard about it because you're not asking. Like you don't know the name and names of my two kids. Like that's a real fucking problem. I think that Lisa's getting it until she opens her mouth and continues to make herself the victim. And then I'm just like, so thankful that in that moment, seemingly everybody else in the room, I mean, Julia, I don't even know, but everybody else in the room gets it and is like, Lisa, you're full of shit. Like, I, I'm so thankful that at least it's not split where people are pretending that she's saying something smarter or doing something smarter than she is, which is nothing. She's not doing anything that I find empathetic in this stuff because she's completely throwing Kiki under the bus. When Larsa Pippin is telling you, you don't fuck. Hey, I love you, but that was out of pocket, and I had to say something. It was probably a roll out of pocket. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I understand that, and like, lol. But also, Larsa has said stuff that's been spot on multiple times before. I know that she's also, oh yeah, like a mess. Larsa is somebody who like she gets it. I think that she is like has wild blind spots yes, sometimes 100%. and can be very like dogged about yeah. when she is like when she thinks she's right about something mm-hmm. but she also isn't stupid and she's not she's really not stupid she's not stupid and also she isn't like she isn't like completely out of touch from reality. I think that she is out of touch in some specific ways. From accountability. Yeah, out of touch her from own. accountability, sometimes out of touch from how she treats her friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she is just like completely in space with no kind of understanding of the world. And for somebody like Lisa, Lisa has had obviously, I mean, obviously the last two years in Lisa Hochstein's life have been tough. Mm. And she has, you know, dealt with a lot. And, and a lot of it's played out in the press. He's been really yeah, manipulative it's been extre- in the press. It's She's been extremely been, public. Yeah. She has dealt with, you know, kind of a barrage yeah. of negativity. And, you know, she's stressed about how her money situation is going to work out. She's stressed about what's going to happen with her kids, with her living situation, all of that stuff. And I think that this cast has been extremely understanding of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that over the last two seasons, she has faced not that much pushback on anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier this season, obviously, w- when they were on that um, Palm Beach trip where, you know, Adriana has a Google alert for, <laughs> for her name and people are asking about this stuff that's happening. I know that she felt like people were being really, um, you know, overbearing and rude and pushy and but then her response to that was pulling a stunt where she shows up in her housekeeper's car and so it was like it's these moments where it's like maybe there have been times where your cast members have been um have crossed a line or been um you know sort of rough with you but then she always kind of responds in a way where it's like well you had the sympathy vote and then you kind of pissed it away. And I think that this trip in Mexico, it's another one of those scenarios. And now they're, have, they're kind of piling up where it's like, 
nobody is discounting the fact that it's really stressful that you have to decide once and for all whether you're going to sign this settlement and or go to court or you know if there's going to be some last minute demand from Lenny that is that sucks it sucks that you're dealing with that but that it does not give you carte blanche to just like be a dick the whole weekend and i think that there were there have been a few different instances where it's like my girl you got to you got to reel it in. And I think that we're there, especially on this Mexico trip, there have been these moments where it feels like kind of her, her like true colors as a person sort of showing through, like, you know, the way that she was talking about the, the houses and the dogs and all of that. And it's like, chicken. it's like, she can, she can say that it was misconstrued as much as she wants, but it's like that. No, we all saw it. Yeah, her actively saying that, like, Kiki, you're manipulating the situation and saying things that I didn't say. No, Kiki is saying exactly what you said. And what you meant, she's it was abundantly clear to everyone. And you're not listening to her when she's saying that she saw herself in mm-hmm. the people who are residents of those homes. She saw her upbringing. And when you are making fun of them or just speaking in a way that's incredibly belittling and rude and elitist that she is going to feel like in some ways you are speaking about her and that frankly, regardless, you shouldn't be speaking about people in that way. And for her to kind of come back to that and be like, you're misinterpreting what I'm very clearly said a number of times, but also don't you understand what I'm going through? And also I can't even say anything because it's going to be used against me. Well, yeah, when you say something, it can be used against you if you say the wrong fucking thing, like repeatedly. Yeah, the whole the whole like trope of housewives disagreeing about whether or not something was said that happened on camera and then we roll the footage Mm -hmm. and someone's right and someone's wrong. I don't begrudge someone when they're like, I didn't say that. Or like, I don't remember saying that. And then it turns out they did. Because to be honest, it's like, who cares? They're filming a lot. They're probably drinking. They're, you know, stuff happens and you don't remember every word you say about somebody or how you phrased something. But it's, in a in a specific scenario like this where it's not that Kiki is saying like oh you made a comment about the dogs and Lisa's like no I didn't it's Kiki saying the way that you were speaking about this made me feel as somebody with this experience diminished this way yeah and for Lisa to say that Kiki is just so wrong about you know, the way that she's portraying what she said and the, the you know, the character, the characterization of what she said. It's like there's they're not actually arguing about whether Lisa made a comment about the dogs or anything. Mm. It's like Lisa, it really feels like Lisa is kind of. She's almost like I, I hate to use the word gaslighting, but it's like she's it feels like she's like kind of. She's telling Kiki that she's wrong in a way where she's absolutely not. She's acting like a child and maybe she was treated like one in her marriage, but that's not on her friends to bear. You need to grow the fuck up. Yeah. And if you are behaving in a way that's inappropriate and rude, you can be in a bad situation. But like, I don't even know if Lisa on a good day is going to be able to take critique. So if we have seen a record of behavior where you're not taking the note, then someone is going to give it to you in a stronger way. And if and the, and I was thank I was honestly surprised when Alexia was like, yeah, what you were doing was passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. And Lisa saying in professional, I was just trying to make light of it and trying to move on. First off, motherfucker, Kiki did apologize to you. If I remember correctly, Kiki went on of her way at least two times to be like let's just kind of move forward you never did that with her and you keep referencing this stupid juice box and i'm sorry 
I don't know how I would have behaved, but also because I didn't want to like fall in the water. So I don't know how I would have behaved if I was like, you know, in that boat at that time. But I can guarantee you it would have been at least at Kiki's level, if not like level plus, level plus, level plus. And I don't know how Lisa would have responded to that in that situation. But she Lisa was the aggressor. Lisa repeatedly was like, you want to tell me to stand up? I'm going to stand up higher. I'm going to give you a little pout. I am I am inviting you to have a response. And now she got the smallest. Re- I honestly don't. I thought that was kind of a nothing burger. This person is like tossing something your way. She wasn't yeah. trying to hurt you in any way versus your repeated actions, which are intended to hurt her back. Like you're trying to seek revenge by being passive aggressive and talking about her in a way that insinuates she attacks you. And mm-hmm. I don't know that Lisa is smart enough or has capacity or the emotional maturity to understand why talking about a woman who is a black woman and describing her in a way that feels connected to violence is completely inappropriate and based on and triggering for black women based on a really ugly racist trope and stereotype. Like, I don't know. And I'm pointing to my head right now like it's Lisa's brain. I don't know that Lisa has the access to understand that that can be triggering because I think she's so she's so insecure about having to say she's ever sorry for something but it's it's like it's enough now that's what I was that's what I was gonna say is that like part one I don't think that's what she meant but part two I don't think she would care if even if she knew and we don't know how she meant it what she meant to say Sorry, she might not understand the history, but she's very clearly telling us that what she intended to say was that Kiki attacked her. Yes. And honestly, it's ludicrous. It's 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 like we we watched the footage. It's so stupid. And the thing that's going to annoy me is I think everybody else gets that but her. And I'm already thinking ahead to the reunion where it's like, I'm going to have to deal with Larsa like tripling down on. Yeah, I might have like posted on MySpace and like Friendster that like Gertie was diagnosed with cancer, but I didn't do anything wrong because there was a camera crew nearby. So like I didn't take out anything and she's going to be fine because I'm also a doctor in my free time because I watched ER. Like I don't I don't that's already going to be a lot that this. This shit is going to annoy me because Lisa can genuinely call herself and identify as the victim of someone whose husband left her and has been incredibly emotionally abusive and manipulative and everything else. And she's dealing with the other woman. Now the other woman's engaged to this man and she's being kicked out of her house. I I understand all of that, but that's not the bandaid for your other instances of like really shitty behavior. And I'm going to treat you like an adult, which maybe is something you haven't experienced. Maybe you've had the privilege of not having some maybe because you're surrounded Mm -hmm. by people who are yes people and whatever else. But like you need a strong no. You need a really strong no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you need a boundary. You need a you need maybe that juice box is a boundary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, honestly, and also, like, I don't know the last time I had a juice box. I wasn't really raised in a juice box family. We didn't have juice boxes. We weren't big into juice boxes. We did like, but a I know ca- I want one. Capri Sun sometimes. I didn't get Capri Sun either. Wow. What did I even tough. get? Water? Like, what happened to me? Did you ever do orange would, juice? Would you have like a bottle of juice in the fridge, like a a jug? Ever? I mean, we had Tropicana. Yeah. We also had so Jewish, but we had a seltzer man who came to our house with like a little. Th- it sounds like I was born in the early 1800s mm-hmm. because I was, and I assume that. And I don't know what happened to that company, but it was so wonderful that he would come every Wednesday and drop up like a crate of glass bottles, old school seltzer. We had old school seltzer delivered to our house. 
Um, yeah, so I'm drinking a spin drift right I know, now, and I think they've I think they've uh, they've put glass bottle seltzer out of business. Apologies to my ancestors, honestly, but um, yeah, I didn't really have, and uh, we didn't really have soda. Maybe that's why my diet sunkissed addiction took over as an adult because <laughs> I was just trying to catch up and even out, even my, it all out. My parents, for a while, when I was growing up, would drink caffeine-free diet Pepsi, and I'm like, why was that the choice? You know what? So you know, I'm like going through some shit, whatever, and I was just back home in Rhode Island, and. You know, there's some some stuff going on, but I opened up the door to our Levette on the in our house, and uh, I saw at least a dozen bottles of Pepsi, and mm-hmm. I thought to myself, "What's happening here to this family? We have been a lifelong Coke family. We used to be a proper country. We used to be a proper Make America Diet Coke again. Wait, <laughs> what? What happened to us that we have now? Was the Coke not available? You can't just go from it's like going from Burger King to McDonald's. You are one or the other. You cannot go from Pepsi to Coke, Coke to Pepsi. Well, you can go from Pepsi to Coke if you smarten up. But to go from Coke to Pepsi is tough. That's tough. <laughs> uh, uh, just got to say it. Just had just to say it. Say it. You know, we, did... we talk about some difficult topics. And I'm sorry to the Pepsi people. I'm sorry for what you have experienced in your life. I do think the first 10 or so minutes of this week's Real Housewives of Miami was such a testament to the 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 technical and um, just brilliance of this franchise. Because when they pulled up at the Island of the Dead Dolls. The Island of Misfit Toys. Like, what the fuck? Dr. Moreau or whatever. The fact that... Okay, so... Marlon Brando is shuddering. Obviously, it ends with Gertie puking in a bucket and... Electrolytes. <laughs> you know I'm going to talk about <laughs> she, she it. She needed those fluids. She needed She needed it. But when we see these women disembarking from, from the gondola, all of a sudden, Marisol and Adriana... They went to go find a bathroom together. They were clutching each other arm in arm. I'm like, these women have not gotten along in 75 years. And suddenly they need to pee on the island of dead dolls. And they're clutching onto each other for dear life. Lisa and Larsa, they went off to find a bathroom together mere minutes after yelling at each other, calling each other a baby and a bully, respectively. We we had Adriana speaking in fluent Spanish to this man about something that happened on this island. I'm like, I just was, I was living for it. It was so entertaining. And saying to this guy, like, this is kind of creepy, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, 100%. Like, people go here to do witchcraft. What? (laughs) (laughs) When he said brujeria, and she's like, brujeria. Like, the fact that this is a WeWork for, like, (laughs) some stuff to happen. It's, there's a dark, just the fact that, they're like, there's kind of a dark energy. Oh, yeah, 100%. People seek that out. I'm like, what? And then as Gertie is like descending into her, you know, medical situation, which was scary, which was scary. The mariachi band pulls up. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Everybody is like, no, 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 no. We have to get off this island. Meanwhile, our um, our least sensitive friend, Lisa Hochstein, is like, yay, take the picture of the mariachi band. Isn't this fun? And then when we finally get to the shore and we're literally like carting Gertie into an ambulance Lisa's looking for her fucking lip gloss and like nagging at everyone asking if they've seen it because it's the color she wants to wear tonight and it's like this like truly like hall of fame 10 minutes of tv it's no coincidence that then it ends with Lisa acting like an asshole who doesn't think about anyone else but herself once again it's like he is such a brat right it's like there are literally like 
500,000 things going on in this 10 minutes of TV. Like Larsa's debating whether to take her shoes off on this like dirt path. <laughs> and, and Lisa is literally just focused on finding her lip gloss. I honestly... It was it was so the episode was so chaotic, which like Miami does chaos better than anyone else. Anyone else in the entire world. Yeah. I mean, this is total chaos theory. But um, Lisa looking for her. I could not believe. And then she was like asking other people if they saw it or whatever. She's looking in the cooler. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't I couldn't believe your friend friend in quotes. I don't even know your cast member, colleague. No, someone who you genuinely do care about is going to the hospital. You know, she has breast cancer like you know that any kind of right. any kind of medical complication is really really complex and um you know just the stakes are a lot higher at Gertie for many different reasons for what she's going through including this woman not needing this kind of stress mm -hmm. but you're looking for I could not believe she was looking for her lip gloss and didn't just say like oh my god my lip gloss oh well my god woman come on <laughs> And it was very specific that it was like, it wasn't like this is the only lip gloss she could possibly find in Mexico. It's like, she just, that was the shade she wanted to wear tonight. So she's mad that now she's going to have to use a different one. It's and like, you know, she has other lip glosses. Like we've all right. been through that. I don't even remember what her lip gloss looked like that night. It was probably some sort of pale, like sort of like kind of buff or like pale, like a blush or pale pink. Everybody will have that. Everybody here will have that. Right. Go to whatever the like Mexican, Mexican equivalent of CVS is and buy a new one. You don't need to do that. You can borrow. I mean, I know I'm like borrowing someone else's lip gloss, but like you could figure it out also, on your own. I I think most of these women travel with glam. Miami is not like a down to earth kind of cast trip group. Well, Lisa had her hair person who was like injuring herself in those hangers. So <laughs> I don't even I actually did appreciate when she's like, you might die. I was when, like, okay, well she she does feel a certain she does feel some level of empathy for people at times. Nicole in the ambulance with Gertie was such a wild 180 oh from Anna Marie trying to be like Crystal's nurse in mm -hmm. Spain. <laughs> because like the whoever from production is like, no, actually, thanks. Thanks, Anna Marie. We're good. We're we're, we're going to take it from here. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like getting the full ambulance ride. She's like FaceTiming Russell when Nicole's like, OK, like how how much do you care about this braid that's on your head right now? Because like it's it's stuck. it's coming off. It's coming it's off. Com someone's gonna someone's like, gonna chop that off. Yeah, that was it was so great. And then like seeing Russell and like I'm like then I'm like tearing up. And then Russell's like chuckling and he's like, no, what, 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 what's wrong? And he's like, no, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> like it was just like it was so good. I mean, like Miami. I think this part of what has been so fun this season, and you know they've done this in the past, but it just feels like they're always on you know going up a notch. It's like the range of emotions that can happen, not just within a season or within an episode, but within like one scene. Yeah. It just, they give us so many different shades and colors where it's like, Gertie can be going through something that is making me like fully sob watching an episode and then make some comment or some face or some reaction to something that I'm like cackling through my tears. Like it's, it really is like, kind of remarkable in the sense that I feel like it's such a every episode feels so like rich like they're so so dense in a in a really exciting way yeah but I do need to make a request okay which is that at these group events and we need many many more group events mm -hmm. than what we're getting we cannot have plus ones I cannot take more Marcus Jordan who was wonderful on traders and like seems like a great guy I cannot take him and Jody because it takes 
the stakes out, the women don't feel as focused on each other and everything going else, it has an impact on the show. I can't do more of it. Like, you know, the irony when there are so many other couples when we want to see more of their lives and in, in Florida, I'm like, less please. Like, mm-hmm. I just, not in these group yeah. dynamics. You can't always have your plus one here. We need to have events where it's just the women talking to each other. Yeah, I think that's part of why the trip feels so yeah. dynamic is totally. because it's like, you know, they are going to fight and then they're going to be back together and it's still going to be the nine of them. That that first night they had that like bizarre art gallery dinner where everybody's like, why are we what here? But it was like still so interesting yeah. and fun. And I think also one thing I noticed from this episode, and this is kind of like the exact opposite of what we were talking about with the Beverly Hills trip to Barcelona. They cut out a whole dinner from this episode because when they were on the gondola, it was Mexico City day two. Okay. And then they were like talking about dinner that night. And then they finished that day. Gertie was in the hospital. She was like going to come back, whatever. And then they cut to Pride, which was the next morning. Yeah, that's a good point. And so then we had a whole day. You know, there was the Pride Mm -hmm. celebration, Adriana's performance, which like chef's kiss. That was (laughs) such (laughs) terrible lip syncing. Not even bothering at points. And then she's trying to catch her breath. Iconic. Right. And then they go into the, the, the like dinner club situation where all hell breaks loose once again. But the fact that they sort of seamlessly cut out at least an evening, if not like half a day from the trip, and it didn't feel like there was it like they must have had almost too much to work with in a way where we were talking about Beverly Hills and it's like, oh, like maybe the Merce stuff was a little much, but the, if there wasn't anything else going on, then how could they not? You, you know, it's like with Miami, I know they have a this cast of nine women who are all really like showing up and contributing in a way that, you know, is not necessarily the case for every franchise, but it's like, damn, we have it so good <laughs> with Miami right now. We really do. Although I would say that it would, to me, make a lot of sense following this trip for someone to take Kiki to tea and have her talk more about her day-to-day life. Yes. We need that. We've reached the point. I've discussed this on the pod before. I've had guests disagree of like, we don't, you know, like where I've said, like, I'd like to hear more about Kiki. No, like, because she's doing so phenomenal right now. Not to say that she wouldn't if we get to see that other side of her. But now I think the audience, like, it's sort of required at this point because she's she's here for these group dynamics. She does a lot. She's like a really um, she has this kind of like really energetic personality. Her confessionals are prestige A plus plus every time. But I think she also she just deserves at this point to show her more vulnerable side to us. I think we need yeah. to see her as a more full person and not someone we depend on for these other moments. I had that same feeling this week more strongly than I have yeah, yet. When, I hear you. Because I felt like this week was maybe not the first time, but definitely the most prominent time where she has expressed that she wants these women to kind of show up for her more. And I mean, that happened with her swim week party where everybody kind of ditched, especially Larsa, she was upset After, about. Yeah. And then so that was maybe a little bit more of like a physical level of like come to my event. And this time it it felt like it was maybe coming from a little bit of a, a deeper place where it's like, you bitches don't ask about me. You don't seem to care about what I have going on. And I think that with this cast, it's interesting because when they brought back the show and in the, the reboot, we've for the last three seasons, we've had the same cast structure where it's six housewives and three friends, but the two other friends have been 
Marisol and Adriana, who not only are they super present on the show, so is Kiki, but we know them. We right. go back a long way with them. We've seen them in There's a shorthand. We've seen them in past relationships. We've seen them, you know, interact with the group as full time housewives. And so I think, you know, the first season that they came back, Kiki was n- not really as present like we didn't get to know her really at all and then I think last season we got some glimpses that were really encouraging and I think this year it feels like she has really arrived within the group in a way that is I think people are responding to really well and so I I really am hoping I don't know it's really hard to kind of think about what they might do with the Miami cast because this season has been so strong which doesn't usually lead to like big cast changes but i would love to see kiki bumped up to full time next season if she's going to stay because i just think it kind of does because we know everybody else in the group so much better at this point it feels like kiki out of all nine women is really the one being shortchanged in terms of like we get to see her we get to hear from her but we don't really get to know her and i i everything that i've seen makes me want to get to know her more um, totally agree. Can I, can I just ask you a question? Yeah. I actually have two questions for you. What do we do about Julia? <sighs> She's doing a lot. Julia's okay. Well, yeah, I was talking about Julia's like, um, like pot stirring effort this mm. week. And it felt just like a little bit random and forced. Yeah. But then also sort of like she was she was it was weird to me that she presented people talking shit about lisa in a way that was like oh my god lisa they're talking about you in here but then she seemingly agrees with what everybody else is saying about lisa that she's a you know entitled brat whatever but then she's still she's presenting it in a way that makes it seem like other people are at fault and it's like it's frustrating to me because it's like i'm like julia if you also think that Lisa is acting like an entitled brat, then maybe you need to speak up on your own behalf rather than saying, hey, you better get in here. These two are are saying that you're a brat. Like it just was, it was tough. And I, I like Julia and I think that her vibe is really unique in the housewives world as a whole. And so I think that she's like a fun, different flavor to have on this cast. But I do think that like, in terms of like maybe housewives IQ, I I think that her, she's like she's not as proficient as everyone else on this cast. Maybe other question. So, do you think that the show really will keep? Because I don't think that they should make a single change, not a single change. Yeah, sure, bump Kiki yeah. up, but honestly, or not, just keep her on the show. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes. She yeah. deserves whatever she you know like. Want I want her to be compensated well. I have yes. concerns about that for some of these friends of because they're so the show is really dependent on them mm-hmm. and they do really excellent work. So I hope that they're being compensated in a way that provides some sort of equ- you know like it just yeah that's a whole fucking shit show. But also like just don't don't fiddle with this too much, guys. Because yeah. this is this is really good. The editing is really funny. They do these little things where it feels like they're almost like bopping heads in the ways that they kind of transition the scenes of yes. the show that feel really fun and dynamic. The show looks rich 
the colors on the show, they shoot Miami differently than any other show. They really genuinely do. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. I just don't want them to fuck around with this too much. And also like, God, that when is when are you watching the reunion? When's that happening? When's that happening? Well, they just dropped the 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 looks. looks. This week, I think, was the last episode of their trip. So we probably have like... I would guess maybe two more episodes and then the reunion. I need to rewatch this season. Is that too soon for me to be like, I need to rewatch because I just don't, I don't want to let go. But I felt that last season too. I really did. And also I do just want to say that like, have I called people cunts before? I mean, what time is it? Every hour, you know? <laughs> and I, and Lisa annoys the shit out of me. I also really genuinely do enjoy her on the show and feel a lot of empathy for her. Yeah. I don't think she's I don't think she's as good or bad sometimes as she might be discussed, including on Andy's girls. I just think she has so many blind spots and is um she takes up a lot of air in the room and not all of that is because of the divorce with Lenny because we've seen her on the show for so long. I speak as someone who's seen this show since the very beginning. I remember Lisa. Lisa sometimes, you know, she not just speaks without thinking, but like her capacity sometimes to understand someone else's perspective if it comes at the cost of her mm-hmm. potentially taking responsibility is tough. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a tough journey for Lisa. So it's like I want her to remain on the show, but like, yeah, and part of that maybe is to continue, you know, telling her to go fuck herself. I don't know. What do you want from me? I really I really do like Lisa. Yeah. I really do. I genuinely do. Yeah, I I want to buy her. Fr- I don't want to buy it. I want to be sent her fragrance. What's it called? Like Frisque? What is it? Angel? Oh, um, no, that's a different one. Floral? I have a diffuser thing of it. She Do you? gave it to me. <gasps> Did she give you a diffuser? Yeah. I haven't used it. I smelled it. It smells Lisa-ish. Does it? What is it? Is it a floral note? We should know this because we It's like a, a butterfly scene. by Lisa Hochstein. It's like butterfly themed. Oh God, I hope it, I I wish it if you like when you open the, the bottle. The bottle's kind of rose gold. I don't, I don't have the perfume bottle. I like... I saw like she had one when she came, but it was like she she like only had one. So I didn't get it. But is it called Fly? Fly it, by Lisa Hochstein? I think so. Huh. And the bottle has like a little like gold butterfly charm dangling from it. Oh, my God. I want it so it's bad. very Lisa coated. And I don't Wait, I, I truly don't it. mean that as a, a negative thing. It just like is. OK, I just need to say, though, the price point. Have you yeah. seen the price point for a bottle for fi- Are you fucking kidding me? This is for 50 milliliters. <clears throat> Have you seen the price point for 50 milliliters? I don't recall, but I remember I recall having a similar reaction. We're talking we're talking Tom Ford area, like 50 milliliters, 1.7 ounces, $165, 100 milliliters, 3.4 ounces, 225. So I guess you do get some savings with that upgrade, but, but that is a nuts price point. 50 mil is like a mini perfume bottle. Like I'm, this is, I'm looking at your, in the cloth office, you have a Tom Ford yeah, fucking I, fabulous. I have that's a, a friend 50. who worked at Tom Ford who gave me but a that's bottle like, of fucking fabulous. That's like the small bottle. And that I think is technically a, for, re, I mean, it's empty, LOL, but it's technically retail. It's like but maybe 300 because it was yeah. a more expensive thing um and that's a full bottle i was just looking at a louis vuitton one and they're I i'm think, not buying any of that shit no but i think 100 mil of the louis vuitton one is like 400 no so lisa's is like not that much less expensive i mean again but also like we're talking about this being a, a something that she can make money from the bravo audience is not spending 165 dollars on a possible joke like and it might be fabulous what does the dom retail for less than that yeah but that's a thing. That's the thing. It's like when you look at like the this is Dorinda's Berkshire's merch territory that we're in, where she sells a mug for like eighty six dollars. <laughs> like I was expecting her to be more in the like 
Paris Hilton, Britney Spears yes, fragrance that would have been really smart. Which would have made sense because then if it's like, if it's a gift for like your sister's birthday or like, you know, your friend's bachelorette or whatever who watches Housewives, then it's like, okay, like I can spend like 50, 60 bucks on this like fun, nice gift. But like and I know 200 she, is That's a lot. Steep. And maybe she's partnering with really incredible people. But again, who's her audience? We 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 as a community are used to a certain price point, and some of that price point again is for an LOL. I also okay. This is maybe this is a me thing, but in the last several years, the online like DTC. What's that mean? Direct to consumer. Yeah, hundred fragrance thing okay. has become so popular. Like when when like Kim Kardashian or like Ariana Grande launches her fragrance, it's like you can only buy it on the website. Oh yeah. I need to fucking smell it. I can't. Go to the Nordstrom <laughs> fragrance counter. Yeah. At least skims you can try on. Give me the little tester thing. Yeah. I need to smell the yeah. thing. I don't want to sp- I mean maybe if you're if it's like a little cheapo fragrance, I'm not spending $200 on something that I can't experience for myself first when I when the whole point of buying it is that you are going to walk around smelling like this thing for the next however long especially if it's a company where it's like you fucking open that tube of lipstick and it's goddamn final sale well you know people how am I supposed to know if it looks good like and you're not sold anywhere else perhaps this is a me thing I'm sure these I'm sure they sell lots but like i don't know i just don't i don't want to buy perfume online of course not i need to try it that's why i mean honestly that's why sephora shout out sephora that's why their return Mm. policy is like so great in addition to just like being great it's so you can fucking try shit on that's that's well and but a lot of companies can't afford it because the overhead of that is tough but it's also well then don't sell makeup you know what i'm saying like it's tough best of luck to fly by lisa hawkstein Best of luck. I would love to try it. I would love to smell it. Lisa, if you're listening. <laughs> Next time I call, I'll bring I'm the diffuser. I'm sure she would respond <laughs> Next well time I'm in the office, I'll bring the can diffuser. Can you please? Can, we, can I spray it? Can I spray it on myself? I still haven't smelled La Dame. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess I haven't. I've smelled... I Oh, I remember I smelled one of Wendy's candles when I, I went to watch What Happens Live when she was on. One of her on ye home essentials or whatever. I got one of those. I didn't get it. Like I don't own oh. it. She just was like holding it, and so I smelled it. Um, I did uh, for a friend's birthday, maybe a couple several years ago. Find Vicky's fragrance on Amazon, and you could smell it through the package. Oh no! Like it was. So, was it expired? <laughs> I don't even know. I, the sad thing is, maybe not. It could have been, but fuck, it was pungent. It was. Which also maybe fits the brand. So honestly, maybe it was a a specific artistic choice. Uh, Smells like sunscreen and vodka. (laughs) And hopes and dreams. Um, Listen, Dill Hafer, every time you come on, it's such a thrill. We are going to pivot to a tip because there are quite literally three shows that we're going to discuss and taking it personally. Okay. Because there is that third one that I mentioned that I do want to just talk about briefly. So for six to nine hours. Okay. So we're going to do a little... um, we're going to do a little variety pack tip episode. Uh, in the meantime, can you tell the AGs a little bit about Mention It All, where they can follow you and Bravo by Betches on social, all that and more? Yeah, of course. So I work at Betches and I host a Bravo podcast called Mention It All. We usually do three episodes a week, some recaps, some guests, some uh, some other fun stuff. Uh, so you can find it wherever you listen to Andy's Girls. Um 
definitely go take a listen. You can also find me at Bravo by Betches, covering all things Housewives, The Traders. I am... God, The Traders is so good. We'll get into it. Um, We're about um, to. <laughs> but yeah, and you can follow me at Dylan Hafer, just for other stuff. Incredible. And guys, uh, join the Andy's Girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod, get exclusive bonus episodes, and so much more. Putting up a Satchel Spectacular this week about all things Beverly Hills. Would love to get your thoughts on BH, Miami, temperature check on Potomac, all that and more. So slide into my DMs on Instagram with your thesis statement uh, at Dame Galley or email me, uh, you know, an index and a couple chapters at andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Episode 500 something. You haven't been here since the fours. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I think last time I was here, you were like four nine. (laughs) I don't know. I had to do 499 point stuff and some fractions to while I was getting uh while while 500 was still mid cook. It was percolating. It was percolating. Um guys, this was such a fun chat. Yeah. Yeah. Um we'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.